0: Hallelujah! If you have your Bibles, please, let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Someone said we're going to go. And I feel like I got from the Lord instructions of where you're going to go. So that's, that's awesome. We didn't speak. We didn't talk. You told me. I remember. Just pick whatever you feel. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 6. You going to preach with me, cuz? Okay. I'm I'm, I'm ready to have a good night. I've been stuck home for the past few days because of this snow. Daniel 6 verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satripes to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satribes might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satripes because an excellent, someone say excellent, an excellent spirit was on him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. It was only until the I'm I'm adding my own footnotes. It was only until the king thought of putting him over the whole realm that verse four comes. So the governors and satripes, the people that he was actually working with, sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. There's something about promotion that provokes haters let me let me stay here let me stay here because (laughs) i'm having fun already because he was faithful someone say faithful nor nor was there any error or fault found in him now we look down at verse 22 go down to verse 22 now daniel says my god sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because i was found innocent before him and also O king i have done none no wrong before you verse 23 now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take daniel out of the den so daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed someone say believed he believed in god Hallelujah. Right there, if you could just pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for this word. Everything that needs to be said will be said. Add on, take out to the notes as you please, Lord Jesus. I pray that it comes clear. Let these instructions be clear in your name, Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. Hallelujah. Now, this book of Daniel serves as a guide, as a blueprint, if you will. How to live a life as a public Christian in a secular setting. Many of us find ourselves in this dilemma. How can I openly serve God and thrive at the same time in a secular world? How can I continue to work in an environment that at times is hostile to God, but also be openly Christian? Daniel was faced with this dilemma. Daniel was faced with these questions. Should he withdraw from a corrupt Babylon a corrupt Babylon government asking for help from its youth. Should he withdraw or should he change up his faith so that others don't get offended? how many know that we are in a generation that everybody gets offended someone could stand up on a platform and say this is the gender i choose and people clap some people uh, another person could stand up and say that they believe in spirituality and they believe speaking to plants but as soon as a christian comes up and says well i believe in jesus it's like the worst thing that we could say there is something against us and we know what that is that is the enemy As long as we're not public with our Christianity, people are fine. But it's when we become public, like Daniel was faced with, that's when things start shaking up. He chose to embark on a promising career while remaining publicly devoted to God. So this today is his blueprint. And I heard the Lord say, teach them Daniel's blueprint. So today we're gonna speak on Daniel's blueprint. How was he able? To go into a new culture, still be in his career, and still be a public, devoted follower of God. This day and age, I heard the Lord say, what my people need is a Daniel anointing. God is looking for a Daniel to rise up. And the interesting thing is, he's not the only one looking for a Daniel. The king is looking for a Daniel. The government is looking for a Daniel. Can someone say, I want to be that Daniel. Let's put things into context because I like things in context. Let me give you a little bit of history. Jewish prophets like Jeremiah, Habakkuk, warned Judah to expect Babylonian rule as a part of God's judgment. So they were already hearing this for a while. But the Jewish leadership resisted. Babylon conquered the city and took captives in three different escapes three different exiles Daniel spent his early years in Judah but was taken to Babylon within that first wave interesting enough this doesn't come by a surprise because again you had prophets already telling Judah this was going to happen however they resisted and something happens when our leadership resists to what the Lord is saying the ones that get hit is our youth So now I'm talking to the head people now. When we resist what the Lord has been for years saying over the city of Nork, it is the youth that get affected. Daniel and his companions, and I want to make sure I say his name right. Hananiah, Michelle, Michelle, am I saying it right? And Azariah. He spent the rest of his life in captivities and he was taken with these, these men. He was taken in captivity, but he was with gifts. Captive. But with gifts, Daniel 117 says God gave him knowledge, skill in all literature and wisdom. Daniel had understanding in all visions, all dreams. And I think that's so interesting. That means there's many more than one dream he was able to understand all dreams all visions he was gifted in captivity he was gifted in a foreign land he was gifted but with a name change he was different can, can, can we stay with our gifts even when things feel uncomfortable like Daniel was faced with and and I, going more over the history Daniel Hananiah Michelle and Ezra they were enrolled in what I, I, I want to think of like an indoctrinary type program So they came from Judah and they came into Babylon and chapter 1 verse 4 says, The king was looking for young men in whom there was no blemish. They were good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans." The king found this in Daniel. So this was in him. Now, if we're saying we want to be like Daniel, we too are with no blemish, good looking, amen, someone say, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. So we also too need to learn the land that the Lord wants us to govern this shows an opportunity and this shows a challenge this program presented both an opportunity and a challenge the first the opportunity was to make good lives for themselves in a corrupt land and perhaps bring God's power and justice to their new country but there's a challenge the challenge Daniel faced was assimilation at the expense of loyalty to his faith and his people The subjects Daniel would have studied probably look like this. Astrology, rites of purification, sacrifice, incarnation, and other forms of divination and magic. Remember, it's a whole new culture. He was in a whole new land. And what I think is so interesting about Daniel is he wasn't religious. He said, I'll go into this program. I'll get into it. I'll learn what you want me to learn. But he had a limit. He embraced Babylonian education, but he set his limits. How did he do this? He resisted the rich diet that was required for all trainees. He he refused and says, I don't want to get defiled. He didn't want to defile himself. He made the request so that they could change this diet and what's so awesome still going through the history what's so awesome is the chief person said i don't want the king to see you and and now think you're weak since you're not eating what everybody else is eating you're just eating the vegetables and he he, i like it because he challenged them he said well go check me in about a few more days and see if i not look better than the others and what happened because he was so dedicated to that challenge to 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 that fast to that type of diet it changed the chief to say, now I want all my men I want all of you guys to eat this type of way because he looked more healthier than the others that were eating this diet. I believe, I believe in my crazy mind, Daniel's diet gave him a daily reminder of who he was. A daily reminder of his allegiance to the Lord. A reminder that yes, he's in Babylon, but he's not of Babylon. A a, a reminder that yes, he's in a new culture, but he's not of that culture. And one of the first steps that we need to learn about Daniel's blueprint is we need daily reminders hey some of us need daily reminders like this maybe the music you don't listen to maybe the gatherings you don't go to the birthday or the barbecues you don't visit just might be your own personal daily reminder that yeah i I, i'm of this world no 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 no. i'm in this world i'm not of this world i live in babylon but i'm not of babylon my traditions and my roots go to another place so i'm here to testify to you that i've been able to do this and it's not easy but youth i hear the lord say step one to the instructions daily reminder daily reminders reminders. maybe there's gatherings you can't go to maybe there's movies you can't see conversations you can't get into things you might not be able to eat places you can't go people you can't talk to pictures on Instagram you can't like I've learned early on that with God's anointing on my life not that I'm better than anybody but I've learned early on I can't go like everywhere else like other people go I can't go everywhere like other people go I can't speak like other people speak I can't, because that's what it is to be separated. So to understand Daniel's blueprint, we need daily reminders. You can't go everywhere like everyone else goes. There's some conversations. I I believe this. The Holy Spirit lives in us, right? Amen. I believe he makes us feel uncomfortable in certain situations that he goes, "Eh, this isn't for you. You can leave now. Has that ever happened to you? You're in a conversation with someone. It started off as venting and it took a left and turned into gossip. And something in you said, I'm checking out. That's the Holy Spirit saying, here's your daily reminder. That's not a conversation I want you to entertain. Hey. Hey. Can't go everywhere. Can't go everywhere. Your commitment then can change others' perspectives of your faith. Your daily reminder, just like Daniel, it changed the other people's diet. So I wonder if God could do that even today when I have a daily reminder of, I don't listen to that type of music. Don't, I'm not trying to be religious. I, I, I just don't listen to that type of music. I wonder if that would affect the friends that I hang out with. I wonder if that would affect the people that I hang around with to go, hmm, maybe she has a point. Maybe this isn't the most nice thing to listen to. That shows me that I'm speaking to someone. Your commitment can change others' perspective of your faith. Those daily reminders show your commitment. It shows that you're real. He was part of the program. He showed up. He learned what he had to learn. But come dinner time, no. I'm going to eat something else. And my daily reminder might look different than your daily reminder. And again, it's just that reminder to say, yeah, you're here, but you're not of here. Let's keep going. Number two, what's the second thing we need to understand of Daniel's blueprint? He had an excellent spirit. Someone say excellent spirit. spirit. Now usually when we talk about excellence, it it used to, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm seeing my husband saying relax, I got you. This is why I was so happy that my brother would translate because it forces you to pause and fall back. The second one we have is Daniel's excellent spirit. When we think of excellence, it's usually in terms of something that we do. Oh, that person did an excellent job. It's usually a verb. It's an action. Daniel had the capacity and leadership skills to see over the governors and the satribes over the kingdom. The overall meaning of this excellent spirit, he had good work ethic. It's not that deep. Some of us, we hear the phrase, You know, do things in excellence and we fall short of it because we don't really understand what it means. It's really not that deep. Overall meaning, have a good work ethic. Daniel had a good attitude when he got to work. Daniel had great ability to do his job right. Can we say the same about you today? Do you have a good attitude when you get to the place you need to work? And not even just the secular job. But when you work and you do things for the kingdom, do you have a good attitude? Do you have a good, excellent spirit? When you're working with different leadership, do you have a good attitude? Do you have an excellent spirit? Do you do all things unto God and not unto man? Do you have that excellent spirit? And let me speak three things about the work ethic that everyone has when you have that excellent spirit. Daniel's work ethic made him trustworthy. Daniel's work ethic made way for promotion And Daniel's work ethic made others jealous. Now we like the first two. I wanna be shown as trustworthy. I wanna be shown that I could have another promotion. But why do I have to have negative people around me? If you're not used to negativity, ministry might not be for you. Because negativity just has a way of following those who are doing something in the kingdom. So if you are one that you take things too personal, I'm here to be a prophet and say maybe ministry is not for you or maybe this is just not the time you have to find yourself with a thick enough skin to endure ministry it's not easy still have moments of crying but when you go through it and you understand not everybody has to like me not everybody has to applaud me not everybody has to share the flyer with my face on it but once you understand that and you see I'm just doing it for God I'm following this blueprint because these are the instructions that God gave me all my life overflow not everyone has to come to the activities not everyone has to come and applaud you but when you know and you know that you know all that you're doing all the practices you do the times you come to church early it's all all types of worship unto the lord so the work ethic of working in excellence People will see you trustworthy, it will make way for promotions, and it will make others jealous. Why is it when I start working harder, people who are lazy get more upset? Why is it that when you start working harder, lazy people become upset? It's because you are exposing them. Someone say exposing that is the best type of spiritual warfare you take care of your lane you take care of your ministry and watch the others just get upset and god starts exposing falseness in other people's ministry because they don't like when other people are working hard because it exposes the lazy proverbs fourteen three says lazy people want much but get little but those who work hard will prosper That's a word for someone today. If you are working hard, guess what? You will prosper. Overflow, if you are working hard, you will prosper. Jennifer Cotto, if you are working hard, you will, will prosper. It doesn't say maybe. It doesn't say maybe just a little bit. or Perhaps you will prosper with that spirit of excellence. To have Daniel's blueprint means we have to have a youth group with an excellent spirit. The root word in excellence means to excel, which means to go above and beyond. Say that again. The root word in excellence is excel, which means to go above and beyond. You are not excellent if you did something that your leader told you to do. You're a good follower. That's good. Thank you. should i stay there an excellent spirit is if you told me to do a b and c i'm gonna do a b and c well and also do d if your leader is telling you to do something and you do it well praise god thank you you're great but to have an excellent spirit you go a little bit beyond and i believe we need this spirit because god jesus had this spirit he didn't just come to set us free he, he he did multiple things he he showed us the kingdom he rose up again he went above and beyond and still goes abundant beyond over all the things i can ask for so if that's the type of father that i have and that's the god that i serve and i'm trying to mirror who he is here on earth when the the youth of the city ask me for something i do it i do it well and i do more when the 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 government, it, it, I, I'm speaking, but I, but I feel visions coming. So if I, I'm slowing down, it's because I just feel the Lord bringing prophetic word. When the when the government, when City Hall says, I need a facility, you give the facility, but you clean it. You bring food. You got your ushers. You got your deacons. You do it, and you do it well, and then some. Somebody say, and then some. Somebody say, and then So when the youth needs you, you do it, and then when the government is calling you to feed the homeless you do it and then that's excellence take initiative we need you to do something in the streets we just need you to do one two three these three things okay amen do those three things well listen to how i'm saying it do those three things well and then continue why i say it like that and i make that emphasis because sometimes There's individuals that they don't even look at one, two, three. They look at the rest of it and go, but look how good I did. I did everything else. And it's like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to do this. So what I'm saying is do this that they asked plus and do more. Go above. Go beyond. Take initiative. The biblical view of excellence is to be the best we can with God's grace. Be the, I'm going to say that again, the biblical view of excellence is to be the best we can with God's grace. Because even the best that I can produce still falls short. So when I tie that in and I say, well, it's only by God's grace, that's that excellent spirit. I think of it like, like this. I'm, I'm, I'm the leader here, the worship team. And it's like, you know, we're going to practice, we're going to do this. And then the rest is God's grace. Now that doesn't mean I don't do my position, my function, but everything else is God's grace. Because even if, come on, those who are musicians and singers, even when you practice and you practice and you practice and you do this and you do that and you got the lights, still fall short somewhere. So it's not perfectionism. Excellence and perfectionism, perfectionism is two different things perfectionism gives you a sense of guilt I did not do good enough it it becomes very selfish perfect this ain't in my notes I'm gonna keep going here perfectionism is a lot about me and if you notice sometimes perfectionism is tied up with legalism religion because if I did enough practices everything should just be well it's about me if I sent out, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to my type of analogy with the worship team. If, if, if I sent out the voice parts and if I went over all these songs the right way and I did everything and I sent out YouTube videos, but things still didn't go out in excellence, something must be wrong with me. ah uh that's perfectionism. Now it's no longer about God, but about your work. God does not get exalted by my worth as a worship leader. God gets exalted all by himself. God gets exalted all by himself. He don't need nobody up here to worship him for him to start moving and for him to start flowing in a place. Hallelujah. So it's not perfectionism. It's excellence. Excellence keeps you humble. Excellence keeps you, keeps you seeking more. That's excellence. Excellence kind of sides over here with grace. And perfectionism kind of sides over here with legalism. And it kind of fights. And you're in the middle trying to understand how to hold the both. But Daniel was able to say, you know, I'm going to stay with excellence. And that's what we need with this blueprint. God, ca- God has demanded us to be excellent. And that, that was a word that I felt the Lord Tell me to say today, God is demanding the youth of this church, the youth of other churches as well, the youth of this city to be excellent. Go above, go beyond. So we went over one, we went over two. The first one having those daily reminders. The second one having that excellent spirit like Daniel had. I'm going to the third one. Daniel's prayer life. We need to look into how Daniel prayed. If we're going to adopt this blueprint, we got to pray. Now, it's, it, let me drink my water for this one. Pastor Andy, I was trying to find a way to make this sound nice. But the way I heard God say it was like, no, say it like this. Y'all need to pray more. I'm not saying that if you pray more, God's going to love you more. I I know this church and y'all know me. That's not what we're saying. But I heard the Lord say, we need to pray more. We need to be more dedicated to prayer. God has commanded us to pray. If you look at his word, God has commanded us to pray. He didn't say the time length. He just just said pray. Pray. Some of us get so stuck, again, perfectionism and legalism over here saying, well, maybe you have to do it this way, that way, this way. And we get so stuck with the list of things we have to do and maybe not do that we actually still forget to pray. Just fall on your knees and pray or drive and pray. Wash your teeth and pray, but pray. I hear the Lord saying, church, we have to pray. It is a discipline. Pray or someone say discipline. 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 Does discipline always feel good? Does discipline always feel good? But do you got to do it? And discipline shows itself evidence. If you look at my brother, there is physical evidence of his discipline. Yes, I used you, bro. We could see physical evidence of a discipline i believe that's the same thing spiritually i should be able to see i should be able to hear i should be able to see through your facebook and your instagram the discipline you have for god it should be evident i shouldn't look at something and go hmm, maybe maybe she's not maybe he's no more maybe they left the church and again not that i'm going towards legalism i'm just saying who are you In this day and age, especially with youth that are fighting, fighting. They're so hungry for identity. Who are you? Daniel was able to show he was dedicated. And he worked in the government. He was able to be public with his devotion. Daniel 6.10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing, the law that they, they, they sent out, was signed, he went home. And in his upper room. With his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Daniel did not wait for crisis to hit to start praying. I love that it says, as it was custom. It was a custom for him to have a prayer life. So if we wanna advance our prayer life, get accustomed to it. Some of us, and I'll throw myself in there, I'll have some great prayer services by myself once I go through something. But when you're not in crisis, when everything looks rosy, are you able to make yourself accustomed to the discipline of prayer? When Daniel knew of the law that was passed, he prayed. A law that was passed over the region, he prayed. A law that was passed over that whole town, that whole city, he prayed. He did not complain, he prayed. And a lot of us church folk today, when there is a law that is passed, we get scared. We have debates on Facebook, but none of us are praying. None of us are really seeking God like we should be, like it is accustomed to. See, some of these laws that are being passed, now I'm starting to get preachy. Some of these laws that are being passed, I believe the Lord is just doing it to see our reaction. Are we going to lose faith? Are we going to get scared? Are we going to get anxious? Are we going to complain? Are we going to complain about the president? Or are we going to pray? Romans, ah, I felt that. Romans 12, 12, faithful in prayer. Colossians uh, 4, verse 2, devote yourself in prayer. Now, above all, just like Daniel, we also really want to be like Jesus. Amen? Jesus prayed. Jesus had moments of his prayer. Jesus prayed with others. Jesus prayed for others. And Jesus prayed alone. I'm going to say that again. Jesus prayed with others. Jesus prayed for others. And Jesus prayed alone. So to deepen that prayer walk you want, adopt those three things. Some of us are really good praying for other people. That's not that it's a bad thing, but, but it's so easy to, Lord, cover his heart. Lord, check how he's doing, Lord. But, but when are you doing your alone time? Some of us are really good praying with other people. I, I, I'm going to testify. When there's group prayers, it feels easier I'm sorry that I'm using that phrase but I'm being transparent it feels easier cuz I stay awake because I'm hearing everyone else's prayer and they're firing me up as well but when you're alone Amen. when you are alone it gets a little hard alone Jesus was able to pray he knew how to withdraw himself from the crowd Luke 5:16 speaks on that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray can you pray in loneliness can you speak in tongues in loneliness? Some of us, we, we save it for the group, and I'm not saying that's bad. But can you pray in your loneliness? Prayer gives way. Why, why is it so important? Prayer gives way to the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I going too fast or are you being blessed? Okay. Amen that I'm going too fast? or amen that, Okay. <laughs> Acts 1 verse 8 but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. To mirror Daniel, we gotta look at that phrase, upper room. I love it because it says he went to his upper room, but that's not the first time we hear upper room. In Acts, Acts chapter one, verse 13, and when they had entered, they went up into their upper room. There's something in the upper room. Verse 14 of Acts one, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So I see kind of similarities there of what Daniel was doing. Daniel was in his upper room. Daniel was also doing prayers of supplication. So let me speak more on that. If we're going to follow Daniel's blueprint and have that Daniel anointing over our lives, we spoke about daily reminders. We spoke about the spirit of excellence. Now we're speaking about prayer. One thing that happens in that upper room is everyone's in one accord. What does that mean? To be in agreement and in harmony. Are we really praying the same thing? Let me stay here for a little bit. Sometimes we're saying the same phrases, but are we really mentally picturing the same thing? We can have a group of people praying for revival And we're all saying, God, bring revival. But this person sees revival this way. And this person wants and sees revival this way. So are we really in one accord? Let me give another type of example. You can have a marriage, a beautiful marriage, and they say, we want to have children. We want to have a family. And let's pray, honey. Let's pray for more children. And they're saying the phrase children. She's praying for one. He's praying for five. Are you really in one accord? Youth, when you get together and you pray in your youth group, church, when you get together and you pray in your church, are you really in one accord? And the way to do this is you got to be detailed what is our mission statement as a department what is our main goal here if it's just to show up and and just praise god that's nice that's good but will that really hit the goals we have when it comes to the government with overcoming and, and, and doing things in the city are we really in one accord another thing that we see with the prayer they were praying prayers of supplication now I'm not going to get too much into it, but there's different type of, uh, types of prayer. You have prayer of intercession, prayer of worship, prayer of thanksgiving. But then here's this prayer of supplication. Prayer of supplication means ask urgently. Beg. Beg. It shows that those who were in the upper room in Acts and Daniel, who was in his upper room in Daniel, chapter six, they were begging. And I love it because later on, Daniel 6-11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Daniel didn't mind them catching him begging to God. That is such a beautiful, humble thing for us to do to beg our God. To ask urgently, Lord God, I need you to move in my family. Lord God, I need you to move in this city. Now, it's not begging from a position that we can't have it. Because I believe, yeah, I heard y'all quiet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify that. It's not that you're begging from a, from a position of it's not mine. No, 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 it's mine, but I need to see it move and be evident now. Yeah. That's what supplication means when you pray in supplication. So as you find that upper room, and before, before I keep going, how many of you here actually have an upper room? And that doesn't liter- literally mean an upper room like an attic, but a place where you pray a place that it is just your section Uh, the way I like to think of it is like this this is just me this is not theological this is not theological at all but the way I picture it it's like that little area has like the best signal to heaven I could pray in other places but there's something about that area that really like Ooh, I feel like God's right there so I think there's places that we are more comfortable for some of us it's when we drive for some of us it's a walk in nature for some of us it's the bathroom but wherever it, amen. <laughs> but wherever it is, do you have a place of intimacy with you and the Lord? And there is where you need to be in one accord. There is where you can make those prayers of supplication. Amen. We all need that place. And I love it because Daniel, he, he was accustomed to this place of his upper room. He went there three times a day when this law was released. He did not complain. He did not shiver. He did not get scared. He went up into prayer. Now, I'm almost done. I want to pray now but you guys all know preachers give like five or six conclusions he's one no I'm joking (laughs) if we take on this Daniel's blueprint wow that sounds amazing so cool but if we take this on we have to also understand the attacks that come with it there will always be an attack can someone say that there will always Be an attack. Even when I'm doing God's will, there will always be an attack. I'm not saying it's going to prosper. I'm just saying there will always be some type of attack. Follow me here. Daniel 6.4. I'm going to read it again, the version that I read before, and I'm going to read it in the message version. The regular version I read before, I believe, was the NIV. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. If you have a Bible that you could switch over to another version, check out the the message version. Verse four, the vice regents and governors got together to find some old scandal, or skeleton, old, in Daniel's life that they could use against him, but they couldn't dig up anything. I might need you now here, Justin. He was totally exemplary And trustworthy they could find no evidence of negligence or misconduct so they finally gave up and said we're never going to find anything against overflow I'll say that again we're never going to find anything against the youth group we're never gonna find anything against pastor will brown we're never gonna find anything against pastor Anzi, unless we cook up something religious Religious. When you are in a season of promotion, those who work with you will look for a scandal. They will look, that is a word for someone. When, that's how you know. How do I know when my next season is here? Is everybody talking about you people within your your own network, looking for a skeleton, looking for some type of scandal, looking through your closet to see if they could find some bones? Guess what, ding, 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 promotion is almost here. Promotion is almost here. We're never going to find anything against Fountain of Life. We're never going to find anything against Justin. We're never going to find anything against Pastor Sanabria. Unless we cook up something religious. Religious. What is religious talk about? The law. It talks about law. It talks about law. When I read it at first, I thought to myself at first, this has to be that they wanted to try and trap him up with his religion to God with his relationship to god his communion with god that's what they wanted to find but but little did they know it wasn't just a religion for daniel this was a whole communion all, all, all encompassed within him type thing so they said let us cook up something religious let us make a law what is that law daniel 6:6. these governors and satirites thronged before the king and said thus to him king darius live forever Yea, you're the best verse 7 all the governors Everybody talking, all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and the advisors have consulted. They all got together, got coffee and started talking about this situation together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree, a law, a religious act that whoever petitions any God or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Verse 8, now, O king, establish the decree, do it do it they were pumping him on and signed the writing so that it cannot be changed law religious according to the law of the Medes and the persians which does not alter therefore king darius signed within the decree when the moment came if you really read it in its entirety and you really read it did king was king darius happy that daniel was in the den but he was not able to show him grace because he made a law and that's what the religious, the religious mindset comes to do, to trick you into doing a law. A law that then ties you up to not show them favor or, or grace. But when we can't do it, when the king can't do it, when the government can't do it, God came and showed his grace and shut the lion's mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel 6, 23, now the king was exceedingly glad for him. Look, he, wasn't, he, was, he didn't want anything to happen to Daniel and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. Daniel's faithfulness got him in trouble, but faith got him out. Your faithfulness, your dedication to this walk, just might get you in trouble because there are always attacks but will it prosper that's the key some of us don't even want trouble at all and that's why most of us don't even want to get into ministry because it's like if there is even a little hint of attack i don't want it but although there might be attacks it will not prosper he saw the lions can you imagine like can you vision that a den it's dark But you hear the, I'm not gonna do it. You hear the roars. You know it's in the distance. And you slept the night. You live to tell about it and still testify. King, uh, just by the way, I ain't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. He was still testifying. I didn't do anything. God, The Lord came and he shut these mouths. I didn't do anything, but the Lord came and shut everybody who was talking bad about me. I'm I'm just here sitting watching everybody talk, but I didn't do anything. Let the Lord, let the Lord fight this. Let the Lord close their mouths. It's interesting because he didn't fight the the lions. He didn't say, okay, let me try and figure this out. He sat back. This is how I envision it. He sat back in the den and probably did what was accustomed to him, pray. So in the face of roaring lions, are you able to pray? It then goes on to say, before the God of Daniel, the law of the land was then changed. We see that in Daniel 6, 26, the king says, I make a decree. Now he's putting a new law. That in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. If God could see that we are still committed with whatever law wants to be thrown up at us, the law just might change, but we have to be committed. I'm going to say that again because I want this to really hit you for with what's going on in today and in today and in, 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 in our current events. Whatever law might raise up to defend any other things that might not be aligned with our faith, stay committed pray because through that you never know the law just might change to our favor but if we're complaining if we're trying to do these debates and we're not really praying we're not really seeking the lord of what he's saying in the now that law just might stay i believe god looks at our reaction is my church gonna quiver at this are they gonna tremble at this why they sound more scared on social media than those that don't know me It starts with our commitment. I want you to stand up to your feet if you could play something. I like to be quick, I like to be to the point. I'm sure some of you probably still have to shovel. You can raise that up, brother.
1: Can you dim the lights?
0: give this word that was the preaching but here's the word this is what I heard the Lord say to me to you Jennifer and Alex as I prayed for the service I heard the Lord say this overflow this is the year of the Daniel anointing operate in the Daniel anointing you are to be found in prayer and with a spirit of excellence you've been asking for instructions here they are prayer and a spirit of excellence. Go and interpret Nork's dreams. Go and make sense of Nork's dreams. What confuses them will not confuse you. And I speak this over every minister now, this part. Go and make sense of the town that you work in. Go and make sense of those dreams. Work hand in hand with the city officials, even if they're not of your same faith. Don't be religious, even if they're not of your same faith. Even if they are contrary of things we might believe, we could still show love and we could still show perfection, uh, a professionalism. We could still work from a level of excellence. This is true for every department of this house. Be prayered up. God is calling us deeper in prayer, fountain of life. Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. This year, we pull down this year we're pulling down do your arms feel tired it's because you've been pulling down something hey that's the word for every department do your arms feel tired it's because you've been pulling down something from the airs. you've been pulling down something from the airs. the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly they're not carnal but have divine power to destroy strongholds nor is looking for you Nork is looking for a daniel can you lift up your hands and say i'll be daniel i will still be publicly devoted to my god and i'll work in the government i'll still be publicly devoted and have integrity i'll still be publicly devoted and be educated in my fields hey mark is looking for you young men and whom there has no blemish but good looking gifted in all wisdom possessing knowledge quick to understand who had ability to serve in the king's palace city hall and whom they might teach the language and literature of the land they want to teach us whatever city you're from because i know there's different churches here they want to teach you the resources of the land let them teach you it starts it starts with our commitment if you are not committed to this the king cannot make the decree say that again if you are not committed to this the king cannot change the law that says everyone in the region needs to fear the Lord of Daniel they need to fear the Lord that we serve if we are not committed to this we could cry and say we want prayer back in schools but if you are not committed let's take it home if you are not committed to this you could cry you could join those who mourn the school shootings but if you are not committed to this nothing changes it should irk you in your soul if we are not committed I'm not talking about church, I'm not talking about Sunday service, I'm talking about your dedication to Christ, your walk with Him, not legalism, not a set of rules that you have to do. Let me get more on my monitor please. I'm saying are you committed to this life? So the main point I'm saying, with everything I said, be like Daniel, govern the land, and still have an open devoted lifestyle to Christ. Do I sound like a broken record? Yes. Because I've learned you have to repeat things to get things inside. Be open. In order to govern the land, you must learn, learn. You must learn first the language of the land. Go to the meetings. Go to the group homes. Meet the people. Shake their hands. Get dirty. You want to govern the land? Get dirty. We are in it. We are not of it we don't compromise our faith is there a youth group that says I will not compromise my faith let it offend you that's what it's supposed to do God comes to to confront God comes to confront Jesus job was to confront his come on now his kingdom comes to confront and to shake up things that are not in order so it might offend other people but that's all right we are doing things in love, we are doing things in gentleness and even though it might still offend, but guess what, we got to be committed to this. I'm not saying don't love your brothers and sisters that are not of the same faith. I- I'm preaching this, but I, ju- I don't know if it's online, I don't know if it's here, but I just feel something contrary. I- I'm, not, I'm not saying that we water down our message. Water down the message but he worked in government some of us want to be so secluded we don't want to get our hands into that because that means corruption no there's a way to this look at it again his daily reminders his excellent spirit his prayer life had to be to par because this is not easy to do both to have Daniel's blueprint excellent spirit Working hard in the kingdom, but also having a career that might be in a secular field. How can I do both? Do I have to change my Instagram so I don't offend the people that I work with? I don't want them to know that I'm Christian because I don't want to offend. No, you you be you.